Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate what God is doing, what God continues to do in and through us, God's church, uh, in, in making a difference in the world and building the kingdom of God right here and right now. And I am excited that we get to celebrate this week specifically because we wrapped up Thanksgiving last Thursday, and what a joy. Thanksgiving is always so much fun. Uh, hopefully you had a great time. You were able to be with friends or with family or with friends and family and were able to celebrate and give thanks. Uh, and, and that's been kind of this theme that we've been on, this series of worship uh, events that we have crafted that have all been about giving thanks, being thankful. What is it to be thankful? And we, we talked about this uh, in a couple of different ways. We talked about this from being thankful for our family being thankful for our friends and being thankful for our community. It's like that, uh, that, that, that turkey hand that you made when you were a kid uh, and you wrote down all the things that you were thankful for. And, and most of us, as we mature, as we get older, we aren't as thankful uh, to others. We don't show our gratitude as well as we did when we were kids. And so we're just trying to, to, to channel some of that to truly be thankful. So if you are new here, if you are joining us for the very first time, you picked a great time to join us because with Thanksgiving just wrapping up, we are going to talk about thankfulness and what it is to be thankful uh, in, in, in everything we do and in sharing that with everyone we encounter. So in us, you're going you're gonna to find that, hey, we're not, uh, we're not perfect. But we know the one who is, and we're thankful for him, and that's Jesus Christ. And Jesus calls us into relationship, calls us to be the church, calls us to go into the world and make a difference on behalf of his name. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship with us, to grow in relationship with God, and to go into the world sharing the good news of all that God has given to each and every one of us. And, and that's, that's the core of why we're talking about being thankful. And, and we've been doing this uh, for a while using this hashtag, ThankfulCassidyUMC. Uh, and the hashtag allows us to post online. If you're not an online person, you can skip over this part. Uh, but it allows us to post online on, on social media things that we are thankful for. So like I said, we started with our family, those people in our family that, that are, we're thankful for. And then we went to our friends, those things, uh, those people in our friends groups that we are thankful for and why we're we're thankful for them. And last week we talked about why we were thankful for our community. What is it about our community that we are thankful for? And the reason, again, that we are talking about this is because it is November, which is Thanksgiving month. I mean, we, we took this whole time to take a look at it. And, and the premise, once again, of this whole idea is that Thanksgiving, the premise of Thanksgiving is to give thanks. Uh, again, not rocket science. I get it. Uh, but it's something that I want us to lean into, to, to take seriously and to, to find new ways to give thanks and to be thankful people. This week, we're going to talk about what it is to give thanks to the church. Now, I grew up outside of the church, and, 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 and my view of the church was, was pretty rough because, because of my first experiences with the church. My grandmother lived in San, Anto San Antonio, Texas, and I lived in Houston, Texas. So every once in a while, when I would go visit my grandmother, she would take me to church. And when she would take me to church, it was always the dress up 
church. You know, we had to get brand new shoes that didn't quite fit right. And, and, and you know, slacks on a six-year-old or however old I was and, and a dress shirt. So I, I, I looked like I fit the part. And then we would go. And I remember she would take me to Sunday school and I, I would sit on these cold plastic chairs in this room filled with people that I didn't know. It was one of the most awkward experiences of my life. And, and I really thought church was pretty lame. I was not a fan uh, of the idea of this place to go and sit on cold plastic chairs and hear about all these stories that I didn't know anything about and all these people talking about these stories like they had heard them for many, many years because most of them, quite frankly, had. And I'd never heard these stories and they didn't matter to me anyway. And then there were the rules that I couldn't get up and run around. I couldn't go to the bathroom when I wanted to. It was, it was just, not not really an, uh, an opportunity that I enjoyed. It was something instead that I endured. And what I really noticed was just like the clothing that I didn't want to wear, uh, I, I had to pretend to be somebody that I wasn't so that I could fall in line with the rest of the folks that were standing around or sitting on those cold plastic chairs that I, I couldn't be myself. And what I've learned over the course of time is that I had a really skewed perception of what the church is because truly I missed out on something that is beautiful. The church is the gift that God gives to the world so that we can be in relationship with one another, so that we can grow in relationship with God. And, and the truth is the church is powerful because we are the people of God that comes together. And, and the church also reveals the purpose of God so that we can understand who we are and whose we are and what we're going to be after and doing so that we can be more like Jesus. And, and what I have found over, over the the course of my life is that in the church, I was, instead of having to pretend to be someone else, I was more able to be truly myself than I ever had been before. When I first became Christian, I was, I was, I was a hot mess. I was in love with Jesus because of all that he had done for me, and it was overwhelming. And all I wanted to do was, was focus on who God was. I wanted to learn more about Jesus and, and live more into the hope and the promise that Jesus offered. And, and all of that was possible in the church alone, because my friends outside the church started to be like, whoa, Steve, you need to pump the brakes on all this Jesus stuff you're talking about. You need to relax a little bit uh, because you're freaking us out, man. And so really the only place I could be myself then was at the church. And, and so, like I said, the church is a gift from God and it, it allows us to navigate this life. And sometimes Sometimes the church is people that come alongside us and help us through some, some broken and dark times, but each and every day, the church is hope and a refuge to a hurting and broken world. And I think sometimes we miss this. Uh, sometimes we miss this because we, we think to ourselves that the church is a building over there, or that, that these people aren't really representing the church, or, or that I, I'm more in touch with God outside in, in the wilderness than I am in the church with, with other people. And, and I, I have understood from myself that before I was a Christian, uh, 
before Jesus got a hold of me, before I started following and trying to be more like Jesus, that I had what John Wesley calls spiritual blindness. I didn't understand the purpose, the meaning, or, or the benefits of the church, just like I didn't understand that God had been pursuing me and trying to get me to, to come to an awareness of his presence my entire life. And so I experienced after coming to uh, uh, an understanding of who Jesus was, I experienced uh, spiritual sight, that I could see that the church was a place of, of blessing and benefit. And so I want us to understand, first we can start with saying, hey, what is the church? What does it mean to be the church? What does all of that look like? Because we need to understand first and foremost, the church is a people not a place. The church isn't a building. The church is the people in, uh, in, in, in empowered by God, doing the will of God. And we're going to get uh, take a look at all of that. But if the church is a people, we need to see what people, who is it that, the, that is the church and what does that look like? And so we're going to jump around in a bunch of different gospel stories today, a bunch of different gospel statements, statements by Jesus or by others that really explain what the church is and how the church looks. And gospel is truly good news. That's what it translates to. It just means good news. But it's the different stories of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection from different perspectives. And so we're going to start with Matthew's view on this picture of Peter being, uh, being em empowered as the rock, that the, the place where the church begins. Jesus says this, and I tell you that you are Peter, Peter wasn't his name. His name was Simon. Uh, but Jesus is changing his name to Peter. Actually, he's changing his name to Petros in Greek. And Petros in Greek means rock. So Jesus is saying, hey, you're no longer Simon. Now you're rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Jesus is instilling Peter as the start of his church. Now, he, when we talk about church, we're talking about a word that, that we understand as, as a building or as a group of people, but we really don't get what that means. In the original Greek, it was the ekklesia, the assembly or the gathering of people for God. And, and, and so really the church, the start of this understanding is the church is the people of God. The people of God make up the church, and, 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 and we are called by God. And so we are God's people, and, and, and that is the core of who the church is. And so maybe you're sitting out there, and you're like, well, what is, you know, what, what is the purpose then, or what is, what is the meaning of the people of God? Do we just come together? Do we just hang out? Are we selfish, or are we selfless? What does it look like to be the people of God? And, and the first thing that we need to understand about being the people of God is that the church continues Jesus' inbreaking of the kingdom of God, that we have been given power and authority in the name of Jesus to carry out the will of God. And, and when we look at that, we can, we can hesitate a little bit and be like, what, you know, where do we get this authority or what does this look like? How come we have this authority? And Matthew's gospel again continues and says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Or, or said in a different way by John, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So G Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to give you power to forgive sins. You, the people of God, are going to have the power to forgive sins. And maybe we're sitting there going, well, I don't know that I have that power. Maybe some of us are saying, I don't, I don't necessarily want that power. Uh, or maybe even, how do we know that Jesus had the authority to give that power? Now, if you are a follower of Christ, if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, then you understand where that power comes from. But in, in the day of Jesus, they had that same struggle. They, they were questioning Jesus' authority as well. And there's a beautiful scene in Matthew's gospel where uh, Jesus has, has people gathered and he's in a house and, and there's a guy that, that is lame and they, they take him up on the roof and they dig a hole in the roof to lower him down because they can't get to Jesus. And, and Jesus says, hey, your sins are forgiven. And the people are, are astonished because why does he have the authority to forgive sins? And, and he says, hey, so that you can see that I have the authority, I'm going to do this. But I want you to know that the Son of Man, Jesus, has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and walk. Jesus puts an exclamation point on this demonstration. Jesus says, hey, I have the authority to forgive sin, and, and to show you that I have the authority to forgive sin, I'm going to do something that you cannot do, which is I am going to heal this guy that couldn't walk. He's going to be able to walk. Get up, take your mat, and walk. And he did. He got up and left the, the house under his own power, healed and also forgiven. So what we see from that is that we are, the church is the people of God filled with the power of God, that we have been given power and authority, and, and, and our power and authority extends even to forgiving sins. So hear this good news, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because God has given me the authority to do that, just like God has given you the authority to do that. And my, my hope is that together we're going we're gonna to forgive a lot of sin. We're going to be uh, selfless instead of selfish. We're going to be going to make a difference in the world instead of sitting around holding our, our power and authority to ourselves like a miser on top of a pile of gold. Jesus empowers us for a purpose, though. He doesn't empower us so that we can sit around and think how great we are, that we are getting so much better as, as Christians, and that's the extent of it. No, Jesus empowers us so that we can be the church, so that we can go into the world making a difference in the name of Jesus. Again, in Matthew's gospel, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation, to all creation go into the world. And in, in Matthew's gospel, in a different place, he says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Don't stay here. 
Don't stick around here and, and just feel like, hey, you've got it. You're, you're good. Uh, and you're, you're going to keep getting better and better and better. All right. Yeah, you. No, it's go and be the church. Be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Love people where they are. Live for the kingdom of God. Build the kingdom everywhere you are with love and grace so that people will know that you are mine. And so the, the church is the people of God filled with the power of God doing the will of God. That's what the church is. We are not bystanders in the building of God's kingdom. We are the builders that God uses to build his kingdom on earth right here in this place. We are sent to be the church. I love the picture that we see in the book of Acts. Acts is the, the story of the early church. The picture that Jesus gives us of what it is to be the church. He says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what God is calling us to. And quite frankly, this is the way that we crafted this worship series. Jesus in that statement is using spheres of influence. You have Jerusalem as the city where everyone in that city is, is a part of that community and they, they live and worship in that place. And so that's the closest people that you can communicate the truth of who Jesus is. And, and then he says, you can go into Judea, which is your native land, and share the good news of Jesus there. And then go into Samaria, which is even further, to the ends of the earth. And we said, hey, we're going to start by being thankful for our family, those that are, were closest to us, those that, that have done life with us the entirety of our lives. And, and then we're moving to our friends, a, a wider sphere of influence, people that have walked alongside us so that we can be thankful for them, but also so that we recognize those that we need to share the good news with. And then we move to our community, a larger sphere of influence, which carries us to the ends of the earth so that we can carry out, we can fulfill the mission that Jesus has, has given, given to us so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can love people where they are, so that we can make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. This is why we're talking about being thankful because we need to realize first and foremost, we are thankful for God because he has done a work in us, but we are also thankful to be God's church because he is continuing to wor do a work in and through us. And so for the past three weeks, we have had an online challenge. We're going to do that again today. Hey, here is our online challenge for this week. Uh, and, and I sound more authoritative in that statement than I feel. Uh, but here it is. Uh, post every day for the next seven days something about the church that you are thankful for. What is something about the church? What is something that has happened because of the church? What is something you've experienced where you're like, that's what it is to be the church? Post about that and, and give thanks to, to men and women that have helped you to, to experience God's grace and God's presence. Uh, help, help you to understand clearer who God is. 
Uh, or send out that thank, thank you card. We have thank you notes that we want to send out. Uh, you can send those out and, and just tell people, hey, you were the church to me in a real and tangible way uh, on such and such a day or, or at such a time. Or, or call somebody and let them know that they were the church, that they did something where you experienced Jesus in that moment, where you had the life a uh, renewing experience of Christ, even in a moment where maybe you were going through a difficult time. I remember when I was uh, out of work one year, one year when I had been doing IT work, it was right after year 2000. And a lot of people doing IT found that the market had been oversaturated with computer people. And I was one of those people. So I was out of work and it, it took me a long time to, to find work after that. But while I was out, I, I started being pretty frugal because I didn't have an income and didn't want, uh, didn't, didn't want to uh, not have my kids eat. And so all these became the Mecca that we would go to in order to buy all of our food. And what I found was my daughter didn't truly appreciate it because we would, we would start getting things like, uh, like fruity O's instead of Fruit Loops or toaster pastries instead of Pop-Tarts or uh, the wafers the, instead, of, uh, instead of Oreos. And, and, and it wasn't what she wanted and she didn't understand what was going on. I mean, she, she just couldn't comprehend that we didn't have enough money and, and, and that this is what we had to do. Uh, and yet uh, I felt guilty because I knew that she wanted those and I, I wanted to be able to provide those for her and I wasn't able to do it. Uh, one day I opened the front door of my house and I don't remember sharing this with anybody. And to this day, I don't know who did this, but there on my front porch was a box and in that box was a box of Fruit Loops and boxes of Oreo-flavored Pop-Tarts, not just the, the random brown sugar, and, and brown sugar or strawberry, but Oreo Pop-Tarts, the ones that my daughter was so overwhelmed and, and infatuated by, and actual Oreo cookies, the double stuff, mind you, not the regular kind of cookies. And it was in that moment that I, I, my heart was overwhelmed because somebody who I don't know took, took the effort to understand what I was going through and to know what was going on and, and, and provided a, a small box, a gift that I could then share with my kids. And boy, howdy, they went through that thing like it was out of style. Uh, like, like there was no tomorrow. They, they were, uh, I'm, I'm going to heat up some Pop-Tarts right now. It was, it was awesome for them to be able to experience that. And, and I've shared with them since then that, that God ha had done a thing in that moment that we had been able to, uh, to experience God's love and grace. And that's what we're called to do. That shouldn't be the exception, friends. That should be the rule that we should be living life for one another, that we should be leaning into relationships so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. We can mirror what he's doing. And, and that's what we've been called to do as the church. And so as we're giving thanks to God for the gift of the church, we need to also realize that we have a place here that we can assemble, where we can gather together and be the assembly of God, where we can uh, learn and grow. We have a space to come together and learn and grow and be more like Jesus. And this January, 
we're going to take a step. And I know that's a couple of months away, and we got this big holiday called Christmas in between, but in January, we're going to take a step. Uh, a step in the direction of resetting, of becoming more and more like Jesus, of, of, of surrendering everything we are so that we can be like Jesus. And, and part of that, it recognizes that, hey, we have uh, the benefit, the blessing of, of this building where we can come together and gather, not because the building is the church, but because the assembly, the people of God can gather together. And so we, we, have, uh, we have a legacy that we have built into this place, a legacy of space so that people can use it, which is why on Tuesdays we have little kids running around all over over the place with Mom's League, and we have a couple of homeschool groups that call Cassidy home. These are communities that aren't based on our church people, but because we offer the space, they are impacted and empowered by the church. And so we want you to partner with us to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. We're going to have commitment cards. We're going to talk about debt reduction. We're going to do all of those things in January, but I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready to partner with us, to make a difference, to grow and build God's kingdom right here and right now so that we can be the people that God is calling us to be, so that we can go into the world sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone we come in contact with. And my prayer is that you will join in, uh, in, in with that, join us in making a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. Let us give thanks to God for the gift of Jesus Christ, for his church, for our family, for our friends, for this community, and for our ability to faithfully follow Jesus wherever he leads, now and forever. Let us join together in prayer. Holy One, we do give you thanks for Jesus Christ. We are most thankful for Jesus over all else. You have given us this great gift, and in that gift we have new life based on your resurrection, based on your victory over sin and death, and we receive that. And so, God, we just pray that you would empower us, that we would truly be your people called by your name, sent into your world to share your love and grace with everyone we come in contact with. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that by your power and your presence, we are the empowered church filled up by you to love people where they are and to share grace, forgiving sins and empowering others to follow you now and forever. We pray this together in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.